boy oh boy are you guys in for a ride for our next episode so uh this took place in dallas uh on the heels of uh brett recording his parker uh xr seminar and uh, we just happened to run into greg friedman uh we may or may not have been drinking a little bit of wine at the point, uh, as you guys will probably be able to tell. So to make it for your listening experience a little bit better, maybe listen to it on a little time and a half or something like that. So our words are a little bit quicker. So I want to say that it got off the rails, but I think it started off the rails to be quite honest. Yeah, it was off the rails to begin with, but man, man, there's some really good clinical gold in here. Uh, not based off of how you're going to treat your patients, but why your documentation is important and why it matters not only right now, but going forward. So um, stay tuned and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to another edition of the Gestalt Education Podcast. Uh, I'm Taylor Bremer here with my co-host Brett Winchester and we are happy to be joined by the expert in the world when it comes to documentation, which is kind of a non-sexy thing to be known for. However, Greg Friedman, Dr. Greg Friedman is here with us today and so um, we are pumped to talk to him and uh, we're pumped to enjoy some wine with him. So this is our first episode of Wine Conversations. We've had some coffee coffee conversations in the past, but uh, tonight we are enjoying a bottle of Merlot from the Pride Vineyard, uh, straight out of Napa Valley. Uh, it's an insane bottle of wine. It's actually insane. So Brett... Uh, oh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah so oh, Brett, Brett suggested it and uh, it, it's pulling through. It's absolutely amazing. So um, Greg Friedman, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, um, so thanks for having me. Yeah, so so Greg, you are you're kind of regarded right now as far as the present day chiropractor as the expert in the world when it comes to documentation, getting paid for what you're doing, those types of things. Um, however, we're going to get to that eventually. The the first thing I kind of want to uh, sw- shift the conversation towards is uh, you're a second generation chiropractor. You grew up in a chiropractic household. I did. And uh, you've been around present-day students, present-day chiropractors. Um, what is what's like the glaring thing that you see outside of documentation that those uh, those people are lacking, or maybe that they could do better at uh, that kind of stuff? Well, and I, I'm going to say this, and I don't want anyone to think that I'm pandering to my hosts because <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but. When this subject comes up and the question comes up and students will ask me, what is the one thing? I'm like, I'll tell you the one thing, and that is the adjustment. I, look, if you, you want, there, there's rehab, there's soft tissues, soft tissue stuff, there's instrument assistant, all that stuff is great. Mm-hmm. But that adjustment has got to be the centerpiece of what we do because I'm afraid that if we lose that, we're fucked. <laughs> I mean, honestly, don't mix the rails it. right now, man. Yeah. The first I mean, the man. reality is, you know, I, and, and I've, I've said this to students before, if something were to happen legislatively and we lost the ability as a profession to do these other things, modalities, soft tissue rehab, could we still survive as a profession just with the adjustment? And I would say yes. On the other hand, if something happened legislatively and we lost the, the ability to adjust, would we survive as a profession? And I'm afraid that we would not because you've got physical therapists, trainers, athletic trainers doing this stuff. And the thing, and I tell the new doctors and students, this one thing, that adjustment, is the most powerful thing that we can do as chiropractors. It is the most 
effect if you're good at it mm. it is the most effective thing it is the most cost effective and profitable thing mm. it is the most dramatic thing that happens with patients that's why they come to us and I was I crack up because every now and then I see somebody will post something in social media and they get all like oh, this patient came in and they were you know they you know they came in with these complaints and I did I did you know McKenzie on them and all this stuff and and I got their pain down from an eight to a two and I was stoked and the patients like they were pissed and I knew exactly why they were pissed <laughs> and the doctor's like what are you upset about well are you going to adjust me and I'm like that's why people go to chiropractors that you've got to keep and if you're not comfortable with it I get it but you've got to get comfortable with it mm -hmm. you've got to get proficient because I'm telling you a great adjustment spine and or extremities you want to find a niche in chiropractic oh my gosh you do the extremities there's like nothing better right than that. can I add in yeah absolutely so uh it, well, and I mean, Bill Morgan today would like reiterate everything you just said. And I remember Lynn early on in my career he said, Brad, he said, if you can give them the best adjustment they've ever, you know, they've ever been given, then they will be on board for whatever else you're on board right. for. Because early on, I mean, Lynn definitely thought, I'm sure he thought I was off my rocker with like all the rehab <laughs> stuff I was doing. But like, yeah, exactly. But it, at the end of the day, I think like we're all, I mean, it, if you go to chiropractic school, like, I mean, we're, we're chiropractors, right? We don't have to be ashamed about that. Like, we need to be, like, just absolute savants in our ability to, you know, be able to adjust people. And I think that, to his, to Greg's point, I mean, I think that's, like, a missing link to what we're, yeah, we're trying to I agree. Yeah, right? I get from students, They a lot of students will tell me that they just don't feel confident and look I'll, most of us didn't feel confident at the beginning right even through school but I think it's worse today just because it's it's different today you don't yeah. get the same amount of practice that we got back in my day with that so I tell I tell students and new doctors I'm like you know what if you're not confident with it I recommend and I think this should be mandatory part of the curriculum in all the schools take martial arts Ooh. Learn how to use your body and your center of gravity and physics and angles and force and all that. And I'm telling you, it'll make you a better, make you a better adjuster, a better chiropractor. Look, we get. I went to school, and the school that I went to, you know, commonly known as the, uh, well, the, the Harvard of chiropractic college. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows it. We were very, time. very good in diagnostics. So that's what our school was known for back then, diagnostics. Yeah. Um, we were not known as being a school that was strong in philosophy. But for me, Did I you figured, go to that? Where'd you go? I went to LACC. Okay. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't have to ask. When I say the Harvard, you should know immediately. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. So the because I grew up in a chiropractic family, I didn't really need that philosophy, so I wanted to get that diagnostic part. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm really confident with that part, but I needed to get really, really good at that adjustment. And that's and that adjustment, that one adjustment, has taken me all over the place. I was telling you a story at dinner that I traveled for 10 years for a billionaire patient who all he wanted was an adjustment twice a month. Mm -hmm. And I would travel to New York City or Florida or California or... Massachusetts one time, or Park City, Utah one time, to see him, and I have portable tables all over the country, and he just wanted a great adjustment. Mm -hmm. so. Greg, give, it, give us a pep talk here. So, the people who are listening to us right now, like, everybody is like, they're all like on a journey and a crusade and a mission to be the best in the world at what they're doing. 
So like what happens with that is like sometimes you get uninterested in the documentation side of things. So what what we all need a pep talk in is like although we're all ethical chiropractors like can you explain to us why it is so important that you take a good note and why documentation is like so critical and what you know in moving forward what we're trying to do here okay so let me start with this i'm not really and this might surprise a lot of people I, i'm not really into documentation just as a means to get reimbursed I don't give a shit about that, right. honestly. The problem is the way that we as chiropractors communicate who we are and what we do is so unbelievably awful. It is literally holding us back as a profession. Right, you told me tonight you said 99.9% with a line. With a line, repeat. Like, the notes are unacceptable, right? I yeah. mean, so. so I review a lot of records. I, I, I consult with, a, with an insurance company for personal injury cases. They send me the records, and I crush them like a grape. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? <laughs> like, saying. But the irony in that is Greg Freeman actually is, like, fighting for us. Like, I'm fighting. I'm try- and here's the thing. The one thing that is really crushing us is our documentation right? And we and I take it back to Medicare, and everybody's like, "Great, what do you think about the the this Medicare bill that's going to Congress? It's making a very slow walk to Congress, and if it passes, Medicare will start paying chiropractors for our exam, the adjustments, spine extremity modalities, whatever we do." And everyone's like, "Wouldn't that be great?" And I'm like, "Yeah, right. You think that's going to happen? Yeah. We're a joke to them." because we suck so bad at documentation. We actually suck five times worse than anyone else in healthcare, in <laughs> Medicare. Why the hell would they pay us more right. like that? Uh, and the problem sense. with that, because a lot of chiropractors listening right now are thinking, oh, I don't do Medicare, I hardly see any Medicare patients. That I'm doesn't matter. I'm poor, I'm poor. That doesn't yeah, matter. No. Medicare creates the rules. They drive this train. Everyone else follows Medicare. In fact, I'll tell you this, many insurers are following Medicare for the guidelines. Many state boards are following Medicare for that. So I don't care if you never see a fucking Medicare patient, this is what's driving us. If we fix this one thing and we document, I I, I tell people, you wanna learn how to document for PI? Learn Medicare. Mm. Because that is exactly what I'm looking for when I review PI records. You want to learn how to document for workers' comp? Learn Medicare. You want to know how to document for a cash-paying patient? Learn Medicare. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is, it's so unbelievably easy to do. And it can be done so quickly, but so many... Look, let's face it. Documentation is the worst part of practice. Everyone hates it. I get it. But it doesn't have to... you got to think about it differently. This could be the one thing that we could do. And, you know, when we talk about standardizing chiropractic, everybody gets in a panic. Uh, we're all, look, to be a chiropractor, you are by nature a contrarian, right? We are by nature right. contrarians. We're, we're chiropractors. Yeah. Who the hell become a chiropractor? Yeah. <laughs> we're following the, the, path, the beat of a different kind of a drummer, right? That's kind of who we are as a profession. So when we talk about standardizing the profession that everybody gets, I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if you adjust only. I don't care if you do a ton of soft tissue and rehab. I don't care if you like to use spine later tables and everybody. I don't don't care. What I care about is show me your outcomes. Show me how fucking awesome 
your outcomes are with your patients. I want you to show your patients how awesome their outcomes are with your treatment. I want you to show their primary care doctor how awesome your treatment is. I want you to show the insurers how, because I'm telling you right now, there was a Gallup study uh, poll done by Palmer University just a few years ago. And it was Through a thing, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and there's a, well, there was a thing uh, about most trusted professions. Right. There was a, a, a poll of just the general public. Who are the most trusted professions? And number one was, I think, nurses. Mm-hmm. Nurse practitioners. Yeah, we right. talked about that today. Uh, yeah. Medical doctors were towards the top. You know where chiropractors were? And this was just a couple years ago. We were at 41%. Really? 41%, less than half. And that was up, that was yeah. up from the last poll that they did. Yeah. From 38, I'm like, less than half the population thinks that we're trustworthy like that. And the reason is, I'm telling you, if you, there's so much stuff that goes on. I mean, look, I, one of the things, okay, here's a tangent. One of the things that has really negatively affected the profession over the years has been the long-term treatment plans. Like the, the, like the 52 visit, the year-long treatment plans crushed us. And I'm going to be honest with you, I did those. Mm. In fact, I was really, really good at it. <laughs> I, used to, I used to sell a year-long treatment plan to patients, and I was, I was great at it. In fact, I was so good at it that one day I thought to myself, if I'm this good at selling a one-year plan to patients, I wonder how I would do with a two-year plan. <laughs> and I started, I started selling. I was even better at two-year plans than one-year. And the reason is, it's like a car payment. It brings the payment down. That was it. It's just that after about four months of doing that, I, I thought, I'm like, what the hell am I? And I felt dirty about it. Yeah, I, right. It was just, but I, know, and yeah. I could, no, I could no. pinpoint it to which practice management group started that shit. And, and I'm telling you, and I, and I know why they did. Their intentions were noble. They did it because forever, as a profession, chiropractors have always struggled with getting new patients. Mm. Correct. It's so, always been an issue. So these consultants thought, all right, if, if chiropractors struggle with getting new patients, then we need to figure out a way to keep the ones that they get, mm-hmm. and that's where this came from. And I understand it, and, but oh my God, not, and now we have the reputation of, oh, once you go to a car, yeah, you gotta always go. Mm-hmm. So Greg, so I mean, like, what we're trying to create is, I mean, if you can almost imagine like Navy SEALs of chiropractic, like we honestly do, we don't want the 80%, we want the 20% who are just like willing to push the limits on everything. Could you like tell our audience here what as far as note taking, why like being the like top and like being like the best in the world at taking notes? Why that is so important? And like, I think like what a lot of times like I, I'd say it might maybe it's laziness. I don't know, but like you know, you just kind of like the best in the world sometimes don't take the best notes. So like, can you give us a motivational speech on why it is important <laughs> for the people who are My like because mo- I mean, you're talking the most like ethical amazing people that are you know right. you know who you're talking to so like yeah. wh- why do why do we need to take a great note like here's the tragedy that i see chiropractic is awesome right let's just face it it's awesome the results that we get are 
unparalleled. I don't know if anyone else in this same space that gets the results that we get. But we're so horrible at communicating that. And the one, so the, the first thing is this. Which do you think is more important, pain or function? I'll answer it. It's function, right? Pain is what usually brings the patient into us. That's right. But it's the function is what's going to change their life. Sure. All right? It's the function that changes it. In fact, that's what Medicare keys on, too. And I told you, Medicare drives the train on this whole thing. We've got it. We do such a poor job of showing functional deficit. And then here's the big part. Showing the functional improvement. That's the part. Now, we want to be measurable. The key to healthcare, and this has been the, the, the issue for many, many years, is metrics. It all revolves around metrics. You go to a medical doctor and they do height and weight and blood pressure. And, you know, now with COVID, you're taking temperatures and mm-hmm. pulse rate and pulse ox. And all, it, it bothers me, though, that the, the little infrared forehead scanner I do for temperature, you know that where that was made? Mm. China. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if this is accurate. But <laughs> anyway, so uh, it we we are not doing a good job of showing that, and this is a requirement for Medicare that so many are missing. If you're ever audited by Medicare, and I was involved, I was trying, I was helping a chiropractor in the Midwest uh, about a year or two ago, and his third appeal with Medicare, and it was all about showing the improvement mm. and when I see PI records it's all about showing the improvement I did a review for an attorney in Florida the other day and I'm looking at the chiropractic records and I'm looking at like three or four months of records and I literally in my report I created a table in my report and I put in the symptomatic metrics and all that there is literally no change Right. In three so or four months. I'm like, it's hard to justify. How yeah. do you, right? How do you justify? How does that show the world how good chiropractic is? And that's that's a big thing. So, but, but the thing is, and now look, I, I still see patients. I've been in practice 33 years, and I get it. We don't want to spend our time doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you. I don't want to do it either. So we have to find a fast and efficient way to document exceptionally well. And it's doable. I mean, I can do this very, very quickly. My records are, I mean, I know that if I'm ever audited by Medicare, I don't lose a wink of sleep over that. Mm. If I'm ever audited by PI, I just dare them to come at me. Because mm. I know that I've, I've, I know all the guidelines. You've done your eyes. So you want to you come at me? So what's funny is when I review these PI records from doctors, sometimes they get really mad at me. So they write a rebuttal. And they don't even know what they're rebutting. They just, like call me names and they get mad at me and it's kind of it's kind of comical with that and their arguments are so ridiculous i'm like dude have you even been to a seminar last like 20 years or something they have no idea what to how to argue with me about right and i I, honestly i somebody wrote the other day in one of the social media groups i'm in they said well yeah these insurance companies it doesn't matter what we document they're always gonna deny it and i said no that's not true because I review upwards of 70 cases a month. Every month. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of this stuff. And if you document properly, you know what I'll say? Hey, great job. And I'll right. tell the insurance company, pay it. When they first approached me to do this for them, I told them, if you think 
I, okay. If you think, if you want me to be another insurance whore that's just going to rubber stamp everything as denied, you can get the fuck out of my office. I actually told this insurance. <laughs> and I'm like, you can get the fuck out of here. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But if you want the truth, I'll be, and they said, no, Greg, we just want the truth. We know that some people are injured, but if you see the stuff that we see, we really can't tell what's legitimate or not. And I'm telling you, doctors, if you could see the crap that I see coming from chiropractors, you can't tell if it's legitimate or not. In fact, most of the time, we look like a bunch of unethical, cheating, fraudulent people. Half the time I'm like, should we even call ourselves doctors based on the stuff that I'm seeing? I mean, this is embarrassing. Some of the stuff I'm like, who's teaching you this? They can't be teaching this in chiropractic college. They cannot be teaching you that that's a grade two muscle weakness. That that can't be taught. Oh God, Greg, no, this is like, this is is so perfect. So, okay, so I think like to like move it forward, Greg, what would you say? Let's just start with like, if we're talking about a soap note, let's start with the S. Like, what, you know, in your abstract version of a soap note, can you just like kind of tell listeners like what is critical in the S, the O, and the A, and the P? And like, what you think is important? What is like gonna, you know, what's a deal breaker, et cetera? So, okay, starting with the S. Get your cigar light. Okay, that's me. Yeah. Horrible. He's bad. Okay, so the subjective part. You're going to do your history. Now, a lot of doctors are really trying to shortcut the history. You know, we all learned, depending on what year you graduated, either OPQRST or or LM and whatever like that. But it's the same basic stuff. Let's say OPQRST is the easy way for me to teach it, all right? But a lot of chiropractors are only doing some of those letters. Uh, I'll do O and P. No, don't. You you need to do, your history should be all of it, OPQRST, but for each condition. So when I see these records, the doctor will say, oh, the patient has headaches, neck pain, upper back pain, middle back pain, lower back pain. The patient rated their pain is seven out of 10. And I'm like, Bullshit! They're, they're all a seven out of ten. So That's Greg, ridiculous. you need to do an OPBQRST on every every single, condition. You're right. Every exactly. condition. Right. How many of you just got nauseous? Raise your hand. Yeah. Right. Right. Like what? Out. Right. So that's the first thing. Second thing is this: metrics rule healthcare. It rules healthcare, right? You go to the medical doctor; they're doing, they're doing height, weight, blood pressure, pulse, respiration, pulse ox, temperature, right? They're going to do blood work. They're going to do urinalysis, and how do they come up with the diagnosis? It's all based on the numbers. And then, how do they know if their treatment, whether it's prescriptions or whatever, how do you know if that treatment is being effective or not? Based on what? Are the numbers changing? Well, we've missed that forever as a profession. So which metrics are relevant to us? So Greg, so you got a Medicare patient, let's just say, and they're on 10 prescriptions. How, I mean, how does that all fit in your note? I mean, are you documenting all that? Are you scanning it in? How does that all work? Yeah, I'll be going to document what medications are on and for what reasons are on it. But I'm still going to Legally, ask, what, what, what's necessary, I guess, so I'm getting. Legally, you've got to document what meds they're on. But I recommend you also document why they're taking them. And because a lot of our patients, they don't think of us as that kind of doctor. So right. they... They, they don't think it's important for us to, to know all this stuff. But in our mind, it is. 
right? In fact, this is where we learn about all this other crap that the patients are dealing with. So, and, and you know, I don't want you asking them in the office, when they call in to make an appointment, have your CA, have your staff tell the patient, hey, if you're taking any medications at all, write down a list for us of what you're taking and why you're taking it. It's gonna be on the container, right? I want the what? and the why and then I want you the doctor to review that when they come in you know most of the time it's going to be yeah 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 whatever mm -hmm. but every now and then you're going to see a yeah 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 oh what the hell is that mm -hmm. tell me what's up with that and you're going to find oh well okay that's different mm -hmm. we need to look into this a little bit differently that uh, that's a whole different area and that's why the review of systems which a lot of chiropractors will do but not pay much attention to is critical Right, critical because that's what I'm telling you. You do a good review of systems, you will find it's amazing how many of your chronic lower back pain patients also have chronic constipation. Mm. How many of your chronic lower back patients have some form of irritable bowel syndrome? Mm -hmm. How many of your patients are taking medication for some type of anxiety or depression? I mean, it's unbelievable. Which, Greg, I mean, it leads to this other point of like, we we pride ourselves in being, you know, primary care physicians. And like, if you're not willing to like, you know, even talk about that or address that, I uh, mean, that's gonna eat. critical. Yeah, no, exactly. No, it's I huge. Mean, it's like, yeah. you know, it's. Absolutely. And, and I think that like, like that leads us to our next point. And I, like, I know you asked him like the SOAP, but we're already at 25 minutes. I mean, we're kind of at our quota for, <laughs> well, quote, for so what, what I would say is that like, you did a really good job of the subjective and Greg, like, uh, you, you've put yourself out there a lot in the year 2020 and you've, uh, you put yourself in webinars. Is there like a good space that people can go out of their way to find all this information that, you know, maybe we can't cover in this podcast right now? Yeah. So, well, thanks to the, the coronavirus, I'm not traveling like I was mm -hmm. before. So instead I've shifted over to the online webinars, which honestly, it's kind of cool. It kind of works for this particular subject. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I have a website, gotdocumentation.com, and I, I do about two webinars per month in addition to even with COVID. I still do some, uh, I'll do a couple of live seminars. Yeah, I'll do some stuff at Parker. In fact, I'm in Dallas right now recording for Parker tomorrow, and I'll do some of that. And then, uh, yeah, that, that'll give you a really good, so I do a 12-hour webinar. Uh, on that and that gives you a really thorough understand I want you to understand why the why's behind the what it's not good enough to just know what to document I'll tell you what to document when and how you need to know why it's important right. to do that because it's critical it's not just about reimbursement I want you to document just as well for your cash paying patient in fact I think it might be more important for your cash patient who's paying out of pocket all or most of their visit they have to understand the value of your care. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, that's gonna come from, in part, your documentation. Yeah. And you've gotta be able to do it fast and easy. That's mm -hmm. the key. If it takes you too long, you're not gonna do it, I get it. It's gotta be quick and easy, down and dirty, yep. done. And then we can do great. And I, and I think that like it drives an important point home of like what gestalt education is. And gestalt education is a mixing of multiple different things into different things. And so, 
for us, like we may be in one visit, for example, doing uh, manipulation, which is the, the cornerstone of what we really believe in and stuff, but we're also doing, uh, you know, therapeutic exercise, manual therapies, knowing when and where to apply those, knowing how to document them so that you get paid for the time that you're actually spending with the patient. And, right. and, I, and I think that's like an important thing. And, and sometimes, you know, you eat a, a turd sandwich and you don't necessarily get paid for the time that you do. However, you still document it. You still, mm-hmm. you know, you move on from that time and, and, and those things. But I, I think that uh, Greg does the best in the world with understanding when and where to document, why to document, what you were saying, and, and, and the importance of it. And, and the importance of why you're documenting to move the profession forward. And that's what we're all trying to do is really like try to move this profession forward and, and try to create a product that uh, people want to pay for and, and really want out of the I'm box. telling you, if we could standardize this one thing and get all chiropractors documenting in a certain way that's literally accepted and encouraged by everyone, and we can once and for all show the world who we are and how effective we are. Doctors, I'm telling you, we could change the world. We can absolutely change the world. And that's what gets me excited about this. People say, how do you get so excited about such an awful subject of documentation? I say, because I can see the future, or at least it's one potential future. I can see it, and I'm excited by it. And it pains me to see us not being there, we're not living up to our potential, when it's so fucking easy, (laughs) and can be done so quickly, that we can all do this, Mm -hmm. we can all do this and literally change the world, we can have, we can change your practice, we can change the profession and more importantly, we could change healthcare for an entire society Can I add something? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what we haven't talked about in documentation is I think Documentation also organizes your thoughts as a clinician. So, like, if you document really well, I I feel like the next time you see that patient, we've all been there where you're, you know, you you, you got a busy practice and you like you you walk into a patient, you're like, who the I don't know, I don't know who you are. I don't know Bill, what I do with Bob? you, Bob. But anyway, it's like so if you document well, though, it also like it, it guides treatment. It's like kind of a guidepost to know like Absolutely. where they're going. And I think for um, for at least for me, when I know the plan, the the trajectory of the patient, where it's going, and the note like it literally dictates that. I mean, I found that like my results are like literally one million times better so I mean the one thing that we haven't talked about in the last 30 minutes is the note makes you a better doctor because the note is basically like basically the guidepost of where this treatment plan is like going and like I think when patients realize that they're on board and I think that's like a really important point for yeah I mean I'll, I'll track specific metrics on every visit and I like to be able to tell my patient, hey, this particular metric improved by 24% since the previous visit a couple of days ago. And th- I, I'm telling you, that does something to them psychologically. It's more than just saying when they say I'm feeling better. You're not just feeling better, but this metric is 24% better. And this metric is 22% better. And this metric is, I said, so we are definitely on the right track. I had a, I had a chiropractor come to me yesterday who who has several herniated discs in his lower back. And he's, he's on decompression and adjustments, and, and he's better, but he's still having, so he came to me because he wanted, he wanted me to do some low-level laser. He's looking for some laser on his back. And I told him, I said, okay, here's what I do. I'm gonna treat you like any other patient. 
You're going to fill out my paperwork. I'm going to have you fill out a functional outcome questionnaire. We're going to we're going to track. We're going to measure your baselines of function to begin with. I said I'm going to examine you. I said I'm going to we're going to do laser on you. We're going to reevaluate and reassess these metrics. These metrics every visit. This metric about every couple of weeks or so, and we're going to see if we're on the right track. I'm not going to charge you a dime for this. And he goes, No, no, no. I said, Look, shut up. I don't charge colleagues mm -hmm. ever yeah. for this. So I'm going to do this at no cost, but I'm going to treat you like everybody else. And we're, if, if, we're get, if you're getting better, we're going to know it. And we're going to know to what percentage you're getting better functionally as well as symptomatically. And if you're not getting better, we're going to know that also. And, that, and he's so appreciative of that. I'm like, that's how we can be. And I'm telling you, you do that with your patients. Your report of findings never has to be a sales pitch again. Yeah, I, I get the oh, Greg. What's yeah. your what's your report yeah. of findings? I saw somebody ask this question the other day. Anybody have a re, an ROF sheet? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Are you really? I'm like, no. I just talk about these metrics. I, what's your goal? Here's where your baselines are now. This is normal. What do you want? What's, what's your goal? Yeah. Well, can you get me to normal? Maybe. Let's, let's see. Let's yeah. start with a two week trial of care. And then we'll reassess and we'll see if we're on the right track or not, or if we need to move some things or change some things. That's a report of findings. That okay, People, oh, how many of you still do recalls? Oh my gosh, my staff hated this years ago. You know, when you call patients, hey, how are you doing? You know, you haven't been in it a while, because uh, I feel <laughs> fine. Yeah, it's time to get an adjustment. But why? I feel fine. Because the doctor told me to call you, and right, that's a everybody hates it. You want to do an effective, evidence-based recall? You tell the patient when you release them, uh, we're going to send you this functional outcome questionnaire in three months. All right, we're going to email it to you, fill it out, send it back to us. We just want to keep track of you. That's it. And if they come back and it's all good, hey, that's great. We'll, we'll send another one in three months. Later. If yeah. it comes back and said, oh, I'm jacked up now. Oh, what's going on? All right, let's get you back in and let's check you out and see what's up. That's an evidence-based recall. That is what gets us into the minds of people. You know, hey, wow, they care about me. This is, this is, this is how we can move the profession forward. That, at the end of the day, that's what it all is. Yeah, and and no, you know, like, but, that's what, uh, something that Brett has, Brett and I have always talked about is like, Treating patients is easy. Treating patients is easy. Getting patients better, that's a whole nother ballgame. And that's really what Gestalt Education yeah. is based on. Is like anybody can show up at any given day and you know, if as long as they're a good adjuster, they can do these low-level rehabs, they can do those things, but getting someone better is a, is a different thing. And then documenting it, as we've talked about all night long, is so important because that gives you functional baselines for your patients to, to evolve it gets you um you know it doesn't get you <laughs> your door knocked on by you know insurance companies etc uh, but at the end of the day i think that you know if we're truly doing uh patient-centered care it matters what we do with our patients it matters that we document it matters that we get paid for what we're doing but at the end of the day it matters that our patients are getting better and who better to show us that are getting better than ourselves you right. know like in, in show that improvement show that progress document i'm telling you, you want to get referrals from medical doctors i've known chiropractors they have five medical doctors that refer to them and they, they built their whole practice that way I've, I've talked to some chiropractors that have like 25 medical doctors are you kidding me i mean that but in order for you to position yourself as the go-to chiropractor for them you got to talk their language you got to show them 
that your care is making a difference, that you are improving their pain and their function. And that's where you've got to document this stuff. It's so easy and it's just so misunderstood by so many chiropractors and that's the tragedy of this whole thing. And I, you know, I get all passionate about it, documentation and I know it sounds crazy and it's stupid, but I'm telling you, this is the key. You, I know you're getting great results. You know you're getting great results. Just show it. Yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like Greg really uh, kind of triggered Brett and I and <laughs> getting our documentation a little bit better, even though we've been really pushing forward to getting that. And so. I hope this lit a fire into you guys. And so please reach out to Greg, gotdocumentation.com. Well, yeah, I mean, we had our, uh, you know, we had our staff meeting and Taylor was like, you know, I, I listened to Greg. I don't know what the seminar was. And he's like, this is what we're not doing well. And I mean, we all were like, okay. I mean, and, and, and it like literally lit a fire under all of our butts of like, you know, it's kind of scary, honestly. You know, like you don't want to be like, you know, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be in court, don't be that guy. like fucking defending yourself. You know, don't but be that guy. Uh, so, anyways, I think that that part's important. And I think uh, also, I mean, just like from a, I think we all know, like from a humanitarian standpoint, like take a good note. I mean, like come just on, be a I good mean, take being. a good yeah. note. I mean, like there's no reason, right? I mean, like there's no reason why you wouldn't. And you know, uh, the cool thing is, a lot of you are thinking, well, I think I document. If, if, if the second you say you think you document well, I know that you don't. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Because like, I I know that I document because there are very specific things that we need to document right and and, and, and people say well i like to dictate <laughs> what if you're dictating the wrong shit <laughs> it that, doesn't matter doesn't, yeah. you're not doing anything and i said you've got to document and some of you are documenting too little some of you are going so overboard with stuff i'm like as a reviewer i don't even look i just completely ignore that <laughs> all that is just a waste of time you need to document these things these specific things and we'll be like hey great job Mm-hmm. Beautiful, awesome. Move here's on. your check. Get paid. Yeah. 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 So I mean, here's the thing, Greg. Like, so in our world, we literally, we're almost. We feel like we're the Navy SEALs of war. Doing. We want only the best in the world. So we are enlightened to be with you tonight because we feel like you are the best in the world at documentation and. Um, that just sounds so pathetic, doesn't it? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the reality of where we're at. No, like it's, we, uh, it, no, it's uh, like it's important, and like it, it. I'm old enough to where I got to be quite honest with you, and he knows this. It's like we're only going to deal with like the you know the top. So yeah, that, that's yeah, why you're a here. Reason, and yeah, we, exactly. we appreciate you uh, spending time with us and, uh, mm-hmm. and and the importance of it. And I honestly, in, in 20 years into this. I need your pep talk. Like, you know, hearing you talk right now gets me motivated to take a better note. And, you know, so. Absolutely. Who would have thunk? Yeah. Documentation. I'm motivated. That's yeah. right. That's uh, right. inspire you with Who would have thought it's documentation. so cool and amazing yeah. and awesome. Yeah. So, well, so anyway. Me. Yeah. So uh, we, we went way over our quota of what we tried to do. Uh, that that was our first our, our first wine-inspired podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> you you could have guessed it. There are some F-bombs or some, uh, some other uh, things that, that were. Uh, but just know that, like, when we're cursing and stuff like that, we're passionate about this profession. We're passionate about the trajectory that this profession could go. And so that's why. We're having, we're uh, drinking wine. We're doing these things because the, these conversations need to be had and they need to be broadcast to, to you, the, those people that are trying to be savants in, in this uh, profession. And so, uh, Greg, thank you. And 
document well. Gotdocumentation.com. I mean, my goodness, just do yourself a favor. Go out there, contact Greg, follow him on social media, and uh, just be a better chiropractor. Amen, brother. All right. Thanks, Amen. guys. Thanks for having me. We'll check you next time, all right? Okay.